just waiting for this delay. All right, uh, and things are looking good here. All right, let's uh, get this party started. And I'm seeing some tunic gameplay here. So, uh, yeah, guys, what is going on? Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 219. I hope you, you all had a wonderful weekend and have decided to kick back with your buds here at TXR. Naturally, this is your host, Invader, and yeah, you know, I gotta say I'm looking forward to chatting with the guys tonight on a wide range array of things to, you know, of things on the docket. I mean, that's how it is every Sunday, right? Well, hey, you know, we got lots of cool things to discuss. Uh, ID at Xbox showed off some games in partnership with Twitch. We'll get into our thoughts on those. Also, Xbox Series consoles seem to be showing some growth in February. I mean, is it because of other factors or just the success of the consoles overall? We'll touch on the sales as well. Some news on Starfield and the initiative updates. Some more updates to what we were talking about previously on the last show. However, let's first introduce everybody on the panel. Starting off tonight with yet again, our guest, it's Crusader. How have you been the past week, bud? Been pretty good, pretty good. Been playing a lot of Minecraft, uh, having a good time. Um, you know, pretty much uh, all is new with me. All right, all right, good stuff. Yeah, you're really digging into that Minecraft. Uh, good on you, yeah. man. Because you were, yeah, because uh, you were into that mod you were telling us about, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, made it to a high voltage age, so we have high voltage power. All right, all right. Well, good stuff there. I can't wait to learn more about that in our conversations later on. Uh, moving on down the list to the TXR regulars, General MLD. Great to have you here with us tonight. Uh, how you been, bud? Hey, good to be here. Doing pretty good. Of course, another week, another uh, week. Xbox has given us plenty of new news to talk about. Uh, but personally, I've been uh, just digging in the old backlog. I'm having this Assassin's Creed phase, like the old school Assassin's Creed. Uh, playing the Ezio trilogy. I'm on Revelations now, but I'm also playing Rogue on the side. And uh, yeah, I mean, coming off of Valhalla, I gotta say, I really appreciate the old school Assassin's Creed games that didn't take 60 hours to beat the main story. So it's it's nice. It's refreshing. Yeah, well, no doubt. Uh, some of those games can take uh, forever. I know Odyssey can uh, last a very long time, to say the least, from what I've heard. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I know uh, Centur Centurion's gone on about it. You have, yeah. Uh, <laughs> words cannot describe the amount of time you need to put into that game, or choose to, if you will. Uh, Shockley buddy, Eric, uh, how you been? Been up to any uh, gaming the past week? Yeah, just been, uh, well, I was in Elden Ring and trying to finish Ori, <laughs> or the Ori in the Will of the Wisp. Going back to that after I got my uh, LTC one. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, but that's uh, downloaded Tunic because we were all kind of like waiting, like wait, it's supposed to come out this week, but like still, it wasn't even on the Xbox Store, um, and it was only on the Steam Store, but you couldn't pre-order it. So it was super weird that there was like no build-up or lead-up to it, like marketing, um, especially for the high scores it got. Whereas we saw kind of Crossfire X do that, but we found out why. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. Downloaded that, and it's it kind of, it reminds me of like old school like Zelda 
Dark Souls and maybe a little Fez, if anyone played that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and the music's really good. Yeah, it's definitely check it out, and it definitely looks really good. On a that's it's a, definitely a looker for sure with the art style. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. It's definitely a lot of fun and decently challenging. And the good thing is they do have accessibility options. So if you do want to tweak it, they have a bunch of different options to like. If you don't want to do the uh, fatigue or some other things like that, you can dial down. But but yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely quality quality title. Mm-hmm. All right, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, I I really want to dive into Tunic. Uh, this gameplay that I have up is from the demo uh, they put out uh, months back, but. I, I, I do have it downloaded, uh, obviously, through Game Pass, and I, I'm i looking forward to playing it, honestly. Like, it's uh, it's a cool little game, and uh, yeah, it, it does seem to have some impressive scores. Uh, Centurion Pal, hey man, how you been this past week? I've been doing pretty good. Um, just working way too much, but in between that, man, just getting in some gaming, having a lot of fun playing Dying Light 2, checking out the Grand Theft Auto 5 update. Um, that's pretty much all I've been really doing, but just kicking back and watching all the news unfold, really uh, enjoying all the content everybody's putting out there and all the discussions that are being held, and it's time to have ours tonight. Yeah, man, I totally agree with you. And uh, just a reminder to everyone uh, tuning in, listening into us, uh, you know that you can find us on many other types of platforms, such as audio platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you know, there's a whole bunch of others. There's links down below in the description to find all these different places for your TXR fix. You know, give them a look if you're interested. If you like to do, you know. You don't have to watch us live on YouTube or whatever. You can catch us, you know, audio-wise. You know, just uh, listen to us, no problem. But, uh, yeah, guys, on uh, that note, uh, let's break on to our first topic. And, you know, it looks like the Xbox Series consoles have been selling pretty well. And according to the MPD group, the Xbox Series consoles outsold the PS5 in both North America and Europe for the first time. I mean... You know, that's pretty substantial, I'd, I'd have to say. Though, I, I do have to admit that hardware sales, you know, were actually down year over year. Um, but you know what? I'll hit up, uh, you know, everybody on the panel on their thoughts on this. I'll start off, though, with Crusader, our guest. Uh, you know, but while, you know, it's good to hear about hardware sales doing well, of course, right? That's what you want to hear in something that you invested in. Does the supply issue factor into this MPD win for Xbox at all? Absolutely. The supply issues are going to be an issue estimated now into 2023. Now, that's not to say that they aren't doing well. They are doing well. And I think um, that uh, Jeff Grubb and uh, I forget, uh, Benji Sales on Twitter... Uh, put it best in their discussion that Nintendo and Microsoft both together kind of lucked out during the um, during the COVID supply chain issues because of how much less silicon the Series S and the Switch respectively use that they can produce more just flat out than say PlayStation can or nvidia or even amd with like the amd's gpus the big knobby line um 
So it is showing that Microsoft made a very good choice in making the Series S, and that's going to help them uh, long-term with the adoption of the Xbox Series platform. That they have this such a, a, a good, um, like, the ability to get this cheaper console out that isn't as supply-constrained because it's easier to produce. And that cheapness is also good right now because... Um, we've seen record inflation rates hitting us uh, right now, at least in the United States. I don't know about, uh, like, for you in, um, uh, you're not in the U.S., correct? I'm pretty close, but uh, I'm in Canada. Right. But, yes, we do. Are you we guys do, having? Yeah, we, we do have. Having the inflation? Yeah, we have high inflation here right yeah. now. Yeah, so having a, having a cheap system that uses much less silicon is kind of like a godsend for both of those companies and this kind of shows it because what's very interesting with this npd report is they were behind in revenue sony was first in revenue and uh nintendo was second and microsoft was third in the console hardware uh revenue but units moved xbox was more and you can legitimately see the series s at work there then because the series s is going to net them less revenue because it's a 300 device um and long term they expected the series s to do well as uh um i believe it was phil spencer said because they expect it to be adopted by a more casual base and even uh by hardcore gamers that might pick it up as a secondary option so i i do think that this is a very good sign of those kind of things happening mm-hmm yeah, like I know a whole bunch of hardcore, you know, Xbox fans. They were trying to get their hands on the Series X consoles forever. I think some of them just kind of gave up right now because, again, they know how the supply shock, the supply issues are at the moment. It's, uh, well, it's a bit of a struggle, you know, just uh, kind of waiting. I mean, I've I've heard people, uh, the occasional person go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I found a, a Series X in stock. There was one up like two hours from where i live and so on and you know people grab them for their friends but it's just like you know they're they're, they're a diamond and they're rough to find for sure um going down the panel here uh centurion buddy like what do you think of this uh these mpd sales like uh, do you agree with what crusaders say Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, Xbox wanted to position the Series S as that number one console that they would lean on when it came to becoming the market leader. They have seen that there is a very serious issue when it comes to supply chain issues all across the globe. And I really feel that they've positioned themselves quite well to take advantage of the advantage that they have. And definitely, hopefully, Microsoft is going to be able to uh, gain some ground. They're going to be able to get rid of uh, a lot of misconceptions. Xbox has no games, blah, blah, blah. And there's going to be a lot more word of mouth for the Xbox console. Everybody's going to be able to see what Microsoft can offer and the future that Microsoft has planned for us all. And it's going to be very interesting uh, when these supply chain issues do uh, do kind of go back to a more favorable state uh don't know when that's going to happen hopefully in 2023 um but when they do go back it's going to be interesting to see if some chance you know 
I keep having these debates in my head. What is really driving the console sales? Is it consumers or is it scalpers? Um, I just really feel that I understand that the consumers are frothing at the mouth for these consoles, but I'm, let's just put it this way. The scalper is buying everything they can get their hands on. They could literally have two or three of those 10 consoles that they got their hands on sold to two or three people, and they still got to somehow sell the other seven. But over on this data sheet, it says 10 consoles were sold. It doesn't show that these consoles are sitting in someone's collection just waiting for that right opportunity for somebody to just finally cave and buy a scalped console. And that's where I'm just really, really wondering what the supply chain issue is really going to look like in the future um, like really are, is the demand that high or is this just a result from just the scalpers just scalping everything? Does that make sense to anybody here? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it makes sense. I think, uh, a lot of guys on the panel would agree with that. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, now that I think about it, yeah, scalpers probably do have, uh, you know, a pretty big impact on that. I mean, we've, we've seen, uh, you know, we've all seen it, you know, all these scalpers uh, parading the different consoles, you know, the uh, this gen consoles, whether it be PlayStation or uh, Xbox. And it's just like, you know, people are really pissed off at the fact that, you know, some of them are able to get uh, such large quantities. You know, you know how many I've seen uh, on like the Facebook marketplace or Kijiji? It's, uh, you know, it's rather appalling. You know, and they, <laughs> believe me, they get all kinds of comments about it. It's, uh, you know, it's not good. But it's nice to see that, again, you know, a lot of people were wondering with Microsoft, oh, why are you guys doing uh, not just the two-tier, but, like, having this uh, smaller, less expensive discless console? I mean, obviously, PlayStation has a, a discless as well, but uh, the Series S is just, you know, they, they really made a, a nice console there. It's a nice option to have. And that's what a lot of people have had to fall back on. Uh, MLD, buddy, I would love to hear your input on this. Um, do you agree with what, what uh, Centurion and Crusader are saying? Uh, do you have uh, like other things to add? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely have my own my own unique perspective on this. Well, I, I do agree 100% with everyone else is saying about this. I Basically, selling more in Europe, like we all know it's because of supply. But even so, like it is what it is. And selling more in Europe is a win, no matter how you put it. Because Xbox just does not traditionally sell more than PlayStation in Europe, period. So this is like giving Xbox a little bit of breathing room for one. So now people aren't just blindly upgrading from their PS4s that they all got last generation. They're actually going to stores now. They actually maybe get to think a bit more on what each brand offers. So if they're frustrated that they can't get a PlayStation 5, maybe that's that Series S that, that they're looking at. Maybe that, if that plays the exact same games that they want to play, like, why not just get that? What if they hear about Game Pass? So they kind of do a little more research about that. Like, I think possibly this could be good for Xbox long-term until supply constraints uh, get uh, back to normal. It can be work in their favor. But overall, though, it also works because, I mean, it's kind of funny because Horizon came out in February and Xbox ends up outselling them. This is a system seller, and they end up releasing a system seller where they got no systems to spare. So it's funny how Xbox beats PlayStation in the console space when they released one of their biggest games of the year. So like that's also a very, very telling little, little fact there. So 
overall, though, I think they're taking advantage of it. The Series S is just, I think it's a happy coincidence. It's cheaper to produce, and given the, the situation, why not take advantage of it? Make more Series S? Go nuts? It's a, it's a good secondary console. It's a good console for casuals, kids, adults. It doesn't, anybody. Like, it's even selling pretty well in Japan. Like, it's... Japan's like really doing some good numbers for Xbox gen over gen. So I'd say keep it up, ride this wave until things get better. Cause in, yeah, it gives Xbox some nice breathing room and room to grow. So I see this as positive news until things level out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say too that, I mean, you do bring up a good point about, again, PlayStation's had some, uh, you know, uh, a significant uh, title for them releasing recently. But, I mean, Xbox, I mean, again, they're they're still beating them in the sales, uh, even with, again, supply shortages. But they haven't really had anything since Halo, right, in early December. Um, you know, Crossfire X wasn't, you know, the kind of title that they hyped up. They haven't really had, a like, a big title uh, marketing-wise uh, into the new year yet. So to see the consoles doing, I mean, the, the series, the series consoles doing well is, uh, you know, uh, despite the, the shortages is, uh, you know, pretty fantastic. And like you said, uh, beating Sony in Europe and North America combined, more specifically the Europe part, you know, th that is significant, uh, you know, regardless of the shortages. I mean, you just you don't see that happen every day. So that is uh, to me, that's pretty quantifiable. Uh Eric, buddy, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, like, what's your take? Do you agree with uh, the rest of the panel, or uh, you know, uh, do you have uh, any other input? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think the Series S is definitely playing into it. Um, unlike the digital PS5 I have, that's a unicorn. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's def definitely was a smart move, because had they just done Series X, they probably wouldn't have outsold them. Um, like I think it was, I think they, there was a few weeks or a week where they did it like worldwide, which I don't know if that's happened since like, I don't know, 360 days. Um, cause they would have some in North America. I mean, there may be a few times they did it in the Xbox one, but like the total and totality of like for the worldwide numbers, um, on a weekly basis, I don't think they did, but. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely going to help that since, you know, if you can't get a PS5 to the shelf, it might be selling out instantly. But how many are you getting out there? So obviously, this is definitely working in their favor. So um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's going to be, that's part of it too. So you might have really hot games right now, like Horizon Forbidden West, but if you don't have the consoles to actually sell to the consumer, then, and it sounds like a lot of people are also waiting um, when you're looking at the, uh, I guess the only numbers we really got, I think they're from either Europe or UK and you're seeing kind of the split of like where people were buying, um, Horizon Forbidden West, if they were buying the PS4 copy or the PS5 copy. So it seems like a lot of people are like waiting out or buying that copy or just waiting. Um, but yeah, hopefully... I, I, it's so weird that we're here like almost, you know, well, I guess a year and a half from release and we're still talking about like you can't even spot them. You can't even get them, add them to your cart. They're gone. <laughs> like still. 
So I, mm-hmm. I'm just lucky I got a digital PS5 and an Xbox Series X day one. Completely in luck. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, yeah. Like, I've been trying to look out for friends, and, like, I can't even. And, I, and I'm usually have good websites with alerts where it's, like, instantly send me the text and link. So it's crazy with this chip shortage, how you cannot get, can't get a graphics card. You can't, <laughs> and that's, that's the worst part about it is not just the chip shortage, but on top of that, them just refusing to sell anything on store shelves. Cause that, that's the crux of it right there. Like why a lot of gamers came and get their hands on them. And you see pictures of like scalpers where they have like 50 behind them. And they're just hoarding them. Because eventually you're going to break. They're going to force the shortage even more so if they hold on to them. Um, but yeah, you can't, if that, that's the thing. If you go in the store, you can, you can, they can, the store can limit one per customer. But when they have them online, you can easily set up bots where they're already checked out of the, uh, before you even get to the cart <laughs> to put your payment information, they already bought it. It's gone. <laughs> I but, think it's yeah, interesting, it's Shockley, that you bring that up because I've always questioned in my head, how long is the scalpers going to drive the shortage by doing what they're doing? Everybody, they, everybody thinks it's funny, and I, I well, certain people think it's funny. Other people don't understand that, you know, what happens if they just are able to start printing these consoles very quickly, and right now all the scalpers are able to buy all these consoles up so quickly it's just going to drive the shortage longer than necessary purely because the scalpers are going to be buying up all the inventory for like the first couple of months and just reselling it. Oh, they don't care. They're going to milk this thing to the very last drop. If it doesn't sell at their current prices, they'll they'll just lower them and lower them until they do until this thing eventually goes away. It is what it is. Sorry, shock. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh yeah. No, you're good. But yeah, that's, I mean, again, it was a smart play on their part and with the Series S because I think the scalpers stopped after that. They started seeing some on store shelves. They were like, okay, cool. We're, you know, for at least for a bit, there's some on shelves that were available. And so I don't think scalpers are really targeting that one. So I feel this that one's just kind of slipping through. So people are able to still buy them or find them on shelves um, because they're not as, they don't seem as wanted. But then when people (laughs) um, can't find the Series X or the PS5, well, it's the only one left. So then it's available. So you buy it. So they're, you know, at least making it two shelves to where customers can actually pick them up themselves. Mm -hmm. No, no. And you're absolutely right about that. You know, probably one of the most interesting uh, pickups uh, of, of data from all this. I mean, like, Xbox didn't... I mean, okay, Xbox was over PlayStation, but they weren't first in the MPD sales. I mean, Nintendo Switch is still killing it. Oh, man, I, I just can't believe how well it's doing, honestly. Um, the little console that could... Well, actually, I shouldn't talk about it like that. It's quite the behemoth <laughs> in sales. Um... And they do have Kirby coming out at the end of this month, and I do like Kirby. I, I will be picking up uh, that new Kirby game, so uh, good on them. Um, what else? Also, some really interesting stuff, guys, about Elden Ring. Anybody on the panel uh, been playing Elden Ring? Yes, no? 
I mean, it's just, it's killing it. It had the second biggest launch in the last 12 months. Uh, I, I think only Call of Duty Vanguard beat it. But it's, it's I mean, right now it's the best-selling game of 2022. Um, it's funny, MLD, you know, you talk about Horizon Forbidden West, but, like, ever since it came out, everybody's forgotten about Forbidden West, and everybody's just been focusing on Elden Ring ever since then. It's uh, taken over by storm. So. Oh yeah, that was a very uh, interesting release schedule. That remind that reminds me of when Titanfall two came out, and then Call of Duty and Battlefield one come out and just completely obliterate the conversation around Titanfall two, a pretty good game on its own merits. So I feel like no matter how good a game you are, you gotta be mindful of of the guys who are releasing around you. If there's a bigger fish in the same month or the same time period. Yeah, good good luck to you. Elden Ring definitely showed it is the it is the bigger fish. Mm -hmm. and, and you definitely can't say the game's niche no more. It's not niche. Twelve million is not niche. This is mainstream now. This genre. See, that's where it gets really interesting because man, I remember when Sicaro came out. Uh, I remember doing a video about how some of the uh, gaming journalist media were just very upset that these games didn't have an easy mode and that their time needs to be respected and that they got to be able to get through these games and blah, blah, blah. And, and let's just say it's software. Like you just said, filmed, I mean, filled a very niche area for gaming. I really want to say that, that almost like, uh, Though Elden Ring had a lot of hype behind it, it looked like a very beautiful game. I also want to still say it was the Sleeping Giant. Like, I really don't think that the Guerrilla Games really thought that Elden Ring would have been that. Because, I mean, like, literally, it was like, dude, we're Guerrilla Games, we're PlayStation, we're Horizon, uh, we're, you know, PlayStation First Party Studio. And, like, for them to get lost in the conversation by, by an It Software game, I don't really think they saw it coming. So, I don't think that From Software saw it coming either, because they estimated in the first, uh, they estimated that they were going to sell 4 million copies in the first three months, and they sold 12 million in three weeks. Oh. Yeah, that, that was, that was, uh, From Software's expectations in the game, was 4 million in the first three months. And oh, wow. Yeah, like, From Software did not have, like, it's not that they didn't have expectations for the game, but, like, you you need to base, like, as a company, you base your expectations off of your past history, right? And even though, like, there was excitement around this game, uh, their games have not historically sold, like, s gigantic numbers. They've sold well enough to to easily say the next one's coming, but nothing like this i'm pretty sure it's already out uh it, it's on track to outsell the dark souls franchise in its first like two months or something like the entire dark souls franchise yeah that's right because i mean while the dark Souls games have done well and they have a like a a pretty decent cult following at the same time yeah this game is just eclipsing them it's it, i i i never in my wildest dreams ever thought that, that this game would uh, I would sell like the entire Dark Souls trilogy. I, man, or even like yeah, you probably tack on Bloodborne there as well. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I'm happy for them, and I'm glad that they stuck to their guns and just you know made what they wanted and didn't uh, capitulate to, you know, 
easy modes for journalists and so on. You know, just let the game speak for itself. And uh, a lot of people seem to be liking it. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, like, oh, I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Like, oh no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. I I just got this theory. Like, I think it's just the perfect storm. Like coming off of Cyberpunk, Battlefield 2042, Call of Duty Vanguard, games with microtransactions, this and uh, day one patches that. Like I think to, to find a game that came out, a quality game, like no BS, just a straight up quality game made for the fans. I think that just created the perfect storm and everyone just jumped on that. Like just a, a really, a, which is frankly a more rare sight these days, a fully complete quality game. I think I think that's a big factor that that I think is uh, beneath the surface here. Mm -hmm. uh, now, MLD, is this a game that is now on your radar? Or do you have like other games that you want to push through before you even would consider this? Before? Um, I mean, I tried the Souls genres before. I personally don't have the patience for it. Bless everybody who does. Like, more power to you. But the more I keep hearing about this game, this game chatter is not dying down. And they are saying it's the most accessible ver version of, of this genre. So I feel like it's definitely on my backlog right now. I'm not going to play it right away. But it's definitely gone from uh, not going to play it, but I appreciate it for what it is, to I'll definitely play it somewhere down the line. Like probably later in this year before Starfield, I think. So, I mean, this, yeah, like, again, it's just a really rare sight to have a really complete quality game finally deliver on the hype. So, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm more than curious now. I think I might just jump in. Mm -hmm. Well, Eric, I mean, I'm pretty sure you, you're the only one on the panel who's been playing it. Uh, would you recommend it to uh, all of us? Or would you, uh, you know, say, uh, you know, maybe hold off? Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth getting. Um, like, if you've never played any of their prior, like, Souls-like Souls games, I might start off with uh, Sekiro, although Sekiro is kind of different from, whereas Elden Ring is a newer IP name, it's kind of like Dark Souls, you know, meets more of like an open world take where you can kind of just go anywhere um, and, you know, tackle whatever order you want to, kind of like Breath of the Wild in a sense, um, where you can just like, hey, you want to go and face Ganon immediately and, and like you can do that and totally skip and miss most of the game. Uh, <laughs> where Sekiro is more streamlined, and I feel like that was definitely easier just because of the, the training. Like, you can walk past this and never even go past, never even do the tutorial. Uh, that's um, that's where I was having trouble at first. I'm like, I need at least to get my sense of, like, timing of what certain things to block and all that. Um so I'd probably start off with Sekiro. I feel like it's easier and just more of a streamlined uh, like story and like, okay, I know where to go. Oh, okay, cool. They're, they're markers of like their next moves kind of are told easily. It's still incredibly difficult. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's probably the more most accessible one that they've made. But, um, but yeah, I, there's a lot of great guides out on Elden Ring of like, prepping you like i've been following one right now where he's kind of like taking me along of like unlocking all these little uh points where i can easily fast travel and warp or hey here's a good farming area for people that you know haven't typically play, play, uh, played these types of games um so i think that's a good idea to do if you do pick it up 
And then that way you won't, it's still going to be difficult and challenging, but you won't be like overwhelmed and just feel like you're helpless. You'll kind of have a strategy of like, cool, I'm getting my shit pushed in right now. Okay, cool. What can I do? Do okay, cool. I can work on my skills. My can farm a little bit more and get better. Okay, cool. Now I'm ready to go at this. You know, one of the there's a early boss when you first go into the open world, where it's a guy on a horse, and if if you confront him, he's going to destroy you in the first <laughs> few seconds. But you come back to him, you're like, cool. Now I can take you on. So I would definitely give it a try. Um, other than Sekiro, it's probably more accessible than the other Dark Souls games, uh, from what people say. So, um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it, even though, you know, I'm still trying to learn with it. It is cool because how expansive and how big the world is, like, it's freaking huge. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm still, I've been doing nothing but unloading or like unlocking, trying to unlock the full map, and I still got a ton of ways to go like even when you think like okay cool that's got to be most of it oh no there's even more and then there's a huge even underground so it's i'm surprised people have already beat it i don't i don't know how people did it that quick but a quick question is there like a, a game you could think of that is comparable to this game's map in terms of size like, um, like it... i mean i guess when people I can't remember if Breath of the Wild was that big. It was big for a Zelda game, but I don't know if that scope-wise if it was was that big. But it it just it's well, I don't... that's still pretty big. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just haven't played uh, Breath of the Wild for a bit, so I like I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's big. I still haven't seen the end of it. So if that tells you anything of like, and I've been trying to the person that the tutorial I've been following, he's prepping you and taking you to like every inch of the like entire map. Cause there's like stuff you're going to want over, one over here. I, he got me this, uh, so I can easily put poison on my, uh, weapons. So you have to go to a certain area to like define, you know, certain types of things like that. So even though I'm expanding and opening up the map faster than people normally would, if they were just going in there and just, going after the markers that were originally on their map and not doing what I was doing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking huge. So, <laughs> and wow. you've heard people say, talk about it like, Hey, like even they underestimated like how big the map is, like how it just keeps going. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Yeah, I don't cool. even know the end of it. That's that's the crazy part. Like you can play other games where like Red Dead or like you can kind of get an idea. <laughs> Whereas like this feels like it's at least bigger. And I do, and there's a huge underground, so I'm like, I don't even know how much more there is like underneath. <laughs> but all right. So basically, MLD, I guess he's saying there is more than enough content there. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that's good. That's a good thing, you know. Uh, no, I mean, it's good to get uh, more than what you expected. You know, I got no problem with that. Uh, it's it's definitely in- enjoyable. I don't think, even with the challenge, I don't think you'll, like, hate, you know, getting better and, like, so it's still fun to play, even, <laughs> uh, even though you might run into a challenge where you feel overwhelmed. Um yeah, I would definitely give it a shot. But yeah, Sekiro was probably my recommendation because that was my first game 
from them that was like okay cool this looks really cool like the whole aesthetic um and i felt like that was easy or easier maybe to understand them uh the timing of certain attacks because i feel like the the training was super good there's kind of like if you played Zifu or other games uh, where they give you actual an awesome tutorial at the beginning where you can just hammer and get down at your time you know get really good at your timing because that's really what's going to help just repetition um whereas if a game doesn't give you that at the start like this initially was hiding the tutorial like you walk right past it um it was like i need something to really hone my timing in this world so i know what i'm doing where Sekiro actually gives you kind of visual cues a little bit better so i feel like that's easier to find like okay cool i know right here i'm gonna easily assassinate you like with this move because you went you you know attack me or i hit the parry perfect you can kind of tell it gives you kind of like a red dot of you know you basically got the kill shot mm-hmm. um so i feel like that's easier in a sense so that thing goes on sale a lot so you can get it the game of the year edition for like 30 bucks often so all right i'm sure they'll come to well no well uh activision published that game right so Secure, maybe they'll yeah. come to they publish it, it be they game do not, next year <laughs> they don't own the um ip so yeah, don't IP. how it will be distributed like who uh, without knowing the exact uh, like publishing agreement, um, it's hard to say like if it will end up or not on the on Game Pass. Wouldn't they own the game, just not the IP to like do a new the next one? Um, they, not since exactly. they fully funded it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it really depends because like for example, Crisis EA published them, but like, uh, there was like reserved rights that like they get to control stuff past the initial publishing, so anything okay. as part of the initial agreement so activision can produce the physical copies and they distribute digital copies but they might not oh, okay. have the right to put it on a service it's um gotcha. it, it all depends mm-hmm. well either way you can find it for stupid cheap and use those in microsoft rewards Great. That, i definitely recommend picking that up first maybe but yeah if you want to get in with the hype mm-hmm Totally, I would totally jump into this one though. You know, especially since we don't have Stalker. I think Plague mm-hmm. Tale is going to come into Game Pass this year sometime, but who knows when that is. Yeah, lots of stuff up in the air shock, but uh, yeah, no, thanks for that. It's uh, good to know. And uh, if any of you guys in the chat uh, listening in uh, have, uh, you know, been playing Elden Ring, just definitely, you know, let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, should we, uh, g- should the rest of us on the panel give it a shot? Uh, I'd love to know that. Also, guys, don't forget to give a thumbing, you know, we, uh, you know, sh- and share this show out and uh, sub to the channel. And just say, hey, you know what, let everybody know that we're live now. And you know what, on that note, we will uh, move over to another topic. And earlier this week, ID at Xbox had a game showcase in partnership with Twitch. They showcase quite a few uh, new games. Well, some of them were new, and some others we knew about for a while, such as Tunic. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see what everyone on the panel, like, what their thoughts were on the show. Uh, Eric Butt, again, I'll I'll go over to you on this uh, first here. Uh, did you catch the showcase? And if so, uh, what did you think of uh, the game reveals and the gameplay? Um, I totally didn't, because I was working but um i did catch a glimpse like afterward um i think the the ones that caught more of my eye which i think most people or at least that's 
most people have kind of reiterated these as well. It was, uh, I think, was it Cursed? Uh, I think it was Cursed Golf. That kind of had a um, mm-hmm. cool, um, I think, I think a roguelike uh, like type of puzzle game with, uh, not sure if it had RPG elements, um, but it seemed really cool. Like, hey, you have to, you know, you're fighting these bosses with, you know, with yeah. these golf puzzles and what well, is pretty wacky um, right because it's like a side-scrolling like golf game but it has like yeah rem- yeah. reminded me of like i don't know something like maybe super meat boy meets like a um golf story i don't know it but yeah it, that one seemed pretty cool and intriguing um and i think the chinatown detective actually was one that i don't think a lot of people i don't think i've seen a lot of people mention but um that definitely definitely has that kind of a cool, um, like if you've watched, you know, I was big on watching uh, like Jackie Chan or like other like Chinese like kung fu like uh, crime movies. Um, so it has that cool, you know, uh, Chinese downtown like aesthetic um, meets like if you've played games like uh, from from Gima like uh, Police Knots or some of those point and click like Detective games that one has, looks like has pretty cool uh cool theme and i think there's one other one. Oh yeah the uh what's that wrestling one the, like wrestling rpg or i can't remember the name now um but it was like the like i think you make your own character or i think i oh, think they had other like famous characters wrestle, wrestle famous quest wrestle, wrestle quest. quest yeah yeah that one looked pretty pretty dope um those are probably my standouts other than tunic obviously um especially with the first time they showed tunic years ago I, that did not i was like already not paying attention <laughs> uh, just from like the early screens of it because i think it gave me some of that like super lucky's tale vibe of like this is gonna be just i never played that and i'm sure that one's you know a fun game <laughs> but it just kind of gave me that i don't know just had to turn off uh like turn off from it um but after I downloaded and played it, I was like, okay, cool. This is not just some like kitty pushover game. There's actually a pretty good challenge and strategy as, you know, going at certain enemies. So if you've played any of the past like old Zelda games, um, this will definitely uh, be right up your alley. So that's definitely the gem that they got for the uh, timed exclusive. So, but yeah, that one's pretty, pretty dope. Those are probably my highlights out of it. I think I wanted to try that one that's kind of like the where you're deciphering like certain film like mystery where you happen to watch uh multiple like uh i think it was like home uh homemade uh video i forget what that one's called but that one looked kind of intriguing but oh is that that cool that all telling lies game uh yeah that's it that's it is it like a choose your own adventure kind of thing well it's it's kind of it's i don't think it was telling lies like that's i think on game pass but there was this one id at xbox uh forget the name of it but it's where you're trying it's uh you're this girl named marissa where you're trying to see trying to figure out like what happened to her and you're watching these old like uh interviews of her like um like you're actually it looks like you're watching like old film and you're trying to like piece together, I think maybe things in the background or things like interviews or interrogations from her. But uh, I think it was like the first one on that link that you sent. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I think it's the one I'd read at the top. But that one seemed kind of intriguing because it was vastly different from. I was like, I thought it was just like a tr- 
trailer for something. It was like, oh no, that's them actually. You're watching that and like playing the game, trying to like solve the mystery. So that one kind of looked cool. But that's a great thing that how they got. You know, you had the Xbox Live Arcade big boom from you know the 360 days that got a lot of people into a lot of these indies, and then I think you're seeing this other awesome boom where people actually are trying them where you're you're not having to risk like 10 20 30 bucks um you know they're flooding into game pass and you're getting to try new games that you probably wouldn't even been on your radar you've been playing elden ring or you know whatever's you know big titles dropping but in between that i can take a break from getting destroyed in elden ring and get not you know less destroyed (laughs) I, i was still frustrated with the first boss in tunic but you know it was a little bit more of a chill vibe. So I'm not like prepping and doing all this crazy stuff. I can kind of chill and still have a challenge. So definitely check those out. All right. All right. Yeah, definitely some uh, good games listed there. Uh, Centurion Pal, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, watch the uh, Twitch stream, the idea at Xbox Twitch stream or uh, maybe look over some highlights? I mean, if so, like, did any games catch your eye in particular? So I did not tune in. I had to work. Um, I still want to go back and definitely check it out along with uh, the PlayStation State of Play on the the Hogwarts Legacy thing. Um, The only game I really went and read anything on was Tunic is because I've heard so many people talking about it. I've liked what I've seen about it. Listening to uh, Shockley talk about it. Definitely, I need to check out Tunic. Uh, Looking forward to uh, seeing kind of like, I guess it reminds me of Link's Awakening. And I know I've heard that it's actually a little bit more difficult. So I'm very curious on if I'm going to really like this game or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have too much to say on it. Regretfully, I mm-hmm. have been. I didn't. I don't really get in too much into the smaller games like that. And it's not because it's beneath me. It's I just work so much that I just kind of play what games I can. Oh no, of course, man. Like, well, I mean, it's not like I'm going to be playing all these games listed here. Um, and I well, I mean, I can tell you, Tunic. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are having fun with it. Uh, I know, like, Shockley was uh, just raving about it a few minutes ago. Um, again, I, I played a little bit of the demo. It, it's a fun game. Um, but, again, you know, you have to be interested in the genre, really. Um, or just, you know, whatever compels you to be interested in it. But, I mean, there are some cool titles, and some of them are going directly into Game Pass. Some of them they don't have any clear information on. But, I mean, there are uh, cool titles here, to say the least. I'm sure... You know, there's many people listening in in the chat uh, that would, you know, agree with that statement. Um, Crusader, I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to check out the stream, the idea at Xbox uh, it was, showcase. What, like, did you have, do you have any thoughts on it? It was a bit better than the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I liked a bunch of the games that were shown. I really liked the trailer for Crusader Kings three. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. it was um, uh, w- which rapper is? It? Why can't I think of his name? Um, yeah, I'm uh, having trouble thinking of it. Is that the so. one? Is that the dev that did Ashen? No, Crusader Kings is a Paradox Interactive game. It's uh, a four oh, okay. X high strategy. It, it was T Pain. 
T Pain did no. a uh, did a trailer for it where he created um uh he created the religion of what was it Buddhism or something like that and he tried to convert all the other nations but then a nation declared uh, a crusade on him and that's how the trailer ends it's really funny yeah. the the if you haven't seen it go uh go look it up on YouTube it's on the ID at Xbox uh, channel um I'm a big uh, uh Paradox fan I love the 4X games um I haven't actually played Crusader uh kings 3 yet but i really want to um uh i was also excited for uh trek to uh trek to yomi the devolver digital like uh black and white uh samurai game mm -hmm. yeah yeah it does look pretty cool doesn't it it's like a noir no. black and white game uh like a samurai action adventure title yeah, the art style looks incredible. Mm -hmm. I so yeah, I remember Tim. Tight. Tim was very captivated by it too. He uh, it really caught his eye. So, uh, um, mm -hmm. looking through the list, Sniper Elite. I I don't remember if that was at the showcase or not. I know it's an ID at Xbox Game technically. Uh, I can't remember if that was there or if they just had a trailer the same day or an announcement the same day now that was just an announcement the I same i think day. it was just an announcement but i mean yeah. we did know about it before but it, it's still significant we got a date yeah it's in may that, that was right? the thing we got the date. yeah it's may um looking through the list to see if there was anything else i mean tunic of course i have some friends who were super 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 excited for tunic so i've been following mm -hmm. that for them i'm probably gonna break down and play it uh, as well um and I'm a sucker for all the stupid golf games. So Curse to Golf is uh, like it wasn't the right it wasn't alley. the largest kind of a showcase. Obviously, I I agree with you yeah. that I mean this like it was structurally a little better. The timing, I mean, I still think the timing's a little long for what it is. Maybe that's just because it's you know they're going through Twitch to do this. But uh, I mean, overall, I would say it's it's better than last year. Definitely better than last year right um i i'll be honest though like i i wish like i know that it's a twitch partnership but i wish that like i i just uh, like i don't really care for um again just the structure of it myself i would like to like okay you have these streamers talking about the games but i mean sometimes they don't give you like um you know the best most in-depth analysis or they might not you know be as uh you know they might not be really really into these titles to want to give their opinions on them i mean personally i would just like to see you know a couple of trailers here and there just like quick information and so on you know that's that's the kind of stuff that i like to see like you know short and sweet uh like what do you think crusader um you know I think we talked about it pretty well last week. I would like a short and sweet trailer thing at the beginning, mm. followed by this the interview style that they do. Um, I think that would be best. Um, so that way the devs can talk about the game and anyone that's interested can listen. But those who are just kind of interested in uh, a, a quick brief, this is what's coming, do that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's fair uh mld buddy uh, i don't know if you got a chance to uh check out the highlights or even if you watch the entire uh showcase for the id at xbox twitch stream uh did any games catch your eye in particular or um like anything stand out 
Well, um, I couldn't watch it, but to be honest, I I'm not watching a two-hour uh, showcase because I we all I know the <laughs> Twitch format, so I I just get like I go to certain people, they give me the nice recap, the the sizzle reel, I'm good with that. But you see the reactions on Twitter, and I'm happy to see that at least it was positively received. Like we we're actually happy with the games because in the end they had like ten plus games shown, and in the end the games do the talking. So. The Xbox did pretty good in that regard, so they're definitely moving in the right direction. I think Shadow dropping Tunic, and not only that, having a day one on Game Pass, I think that really saved the show. Like it was like the cherry on top that really like made it like like a, a cut above the past ones they did. Uh, a couple of games stood out to me. It first was uh, Crusader Kings three. Um, when they announced it, it was coming to console, I was really excited. Uh, something about like medieval history kind of games it kind of just it, it scratches that that itch i have i have like i really liked kingdom come deliverance so a game yeah. like this where it really immerses you into the culture and the history like actively like trying to like run a dynasty like in that kind of setting like oh it, it fascinates me i'm looking forward I to think playing. that was the one that was made by ashen devs i think that's the one i was thinking of kingdom come uh no they're called warhorse mm -hmm. yeah warhorse makes that but Man, yeah, I can, I'm drawing a blank then. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's one of them, but I was like, Kiss Tour, and the, those names sound familiar with the aesthetic from the trailer uh, I watched. Oh, not that yeah. but I know. But yeah, I mean, but once I start that game, I mean, I hear that game's a massive time sink. We're talking like 70 plus hours. It's, kind of, it's like Civilization. That's like a grand strategy game where it's always like one more turn kind of mentality, I think. So. Oh, that's going to be a big one. But then also Tunic, but not for the reasons that people think. Like, I'm sure everyone's going on Tunic because, uh, you know, it's like the newest time exclusive or exclusive for Xbox. It's on Game Pass. Everyone's liking it. Uh, I personally, I have had fond memories playing the isometric Zelda games. I think uh, Zelda Oracle of Ages. I think that's my favorite isometric Zelda game on Game Boy Color. And I think this might scratch that itch I've had. And seeing that it's actually difficult... Like, that just makes it all the better for me. Because, like, I feel like I, I want a game with a challenge. So, that's good. And it's also on Game Pass. So, how can I actually... Re I can't resist this game now. So, I'm basically going to wait. I'm going I'm to play my SEO trilogy, get my current games out of the way. I think then I'll just jump on Tunic and finally, like, just really play a genre that I haven't played in a long time. So, I'm looking forward to that. So, I'm glad Xbox is stepping up. Because in the end of the day, if you want to support the devs, you start with the little guy. Because I think the little guy appreciation, it kind of adds up. It's a little thing here and there, but in the end, you're building goodwill, and it starts with the little guys. So I'm glad Xbox is prioritizing the indie developers. Mm -hmm. I will say though, I mean this uh, tunic, um, like it's gameplay-wise, again, it, it's fun. It reminds everybody of, you know, uh, dungeon crawler like Zelda. There's a lot of comparisons. Um, very, uh, the art style is very catchy, like, it, there's a lot of praise for it right now, uh, there's a lot of, like, crazy good reviews for it, uh, overall, like, I mean, this game is just getting a lot of accolades, a lot of good talk, I mean, even when it was first announced, people were like, oh, wow, that looks like a pretty cool game, um, I'm just kind of curious, like, this is a, a console, like, it's a, a temporary exclusive uh, for the time being. Is this a title that Xbox should have been like, 
oh, you know, it, you know, they should have like maybe been a little more aggressive and just keeping console exclusive uh, for themselves. Or uh, do you guys think that it's okay that it's only like a temporary one for now? Huh. I think being on Game Pass is more than enough because mm -hmm. I they never gave any indication it was coming to Game Pass. I think like mm -hmm. uh, the dev on Twitter, someone said on Twitter yeah, that, even said the said that it was not coming to Game Pass. And here we are. I feel like just being on Game Pass, timed or not, it has some kind of a so it has some kind of association to Xbox. It's, it's kind of like it's ours, even if it's not ours forever. It's just that mm -hmm. it, it's it's like this like like essential. Not not what, what how, you, how you call it. Not not pretend, but implied implied association with Xbox. Right. So by the time it goes to the other guys, I feel like, well, we already had it. Like it's kind of ours anyway. It feels like it's kind of ours anyway because we had the Game Pass treatment. I don't know. It's all optics, but I feel like that was the right move to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's a fair. My statement. opinion. Go ahead. When it comes to third party, I really don't even care about timed exclusives anymore. I care more about whether or not they're getting it on Game Pass because that actually affects me. That affects my wallet. You know what I mean? They could be spending money to get a game to come on Game Pass day one, or they could be spending uh, money to make a game a timed exclusive. And to me, that um, that aspect of me getting it on Game Pass matters much more for me because that's a game that I can play for the same amount of money I'm giving them every month. Um, so if I had to choose between having this as a permanent exclusive or choose between getting this on Game Pass and then someone else on PlayStation gets to enjoy it in a year, or even if they had gotten to enjoy it immediately, I'd, I'd, have all, I'd always choose the Game Pass day one for, for third party mind you especially since microsoft has this gigantic first party now that's growing you know with activision coming like i you know it game pass all the way as i i, look, I looked at the uh, price i mean in canadian dollars it's like 30 uh, 35 dollars on the store and while like I, pl I plan on playing the game if it was timed exclusive but i had to pay full price for it i don't know if i would have done it like right away or or if all to be honest because I feel like that might be a little bit too much for a game essentially made by just one person. Mm -hmm. But that's on Game Pass? Oh, that that changes everything. Like, I'd rather it be on Game Pass and, and timed than, like, for maybe full exclusive or or whatever, to maybe to one, two years exclusive, and I have to pay, what, $35 to play it. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, Game Pass, it, it changes everything to, to, me, to me anyway. Mm -hmm. No, and you bring up a lot of good points, uh, MLD and Crusader. Yeah, I mean, it being on Game Pass, I didn't even realize that the uh, developer had initially said no to it. So, hmm, I wonder what uh, Xbox offered him. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's good. It's good. And uh, I do plan on playing this game, uh, as I'm sure uh, quite a few people in the chat are uh, planning to do so or already have. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to sink my teeth into this one. Uh, but I think on that note, I think we covered about all we needed to with the idea at xbox twitch but overall i i do wish that again it would be a little more compact than what it is but i mean at least with this out of the way there's the larger shows are going to be popping up in like two months three months and so on so there's a lot of good stuff on the way guys so on to some other news and earlier this week, Bethesda released a new uh, Starfield developer diary uh, focusing on character creation, 
factions and a few other things uh you know it's just like a, a five to six minute trailer but it was pretty cool really uh todd howard and a uh, couple of the other devs went into details about you know aspects of the up up upcoming uh title uh general mld uh, i'll lead off on you here uh what are your thoughts on this latest dev diary like is the info dump uh, does it get you excited about the title? Like, what's your uh, learning about it? Because I talked about again companions and the factions and whatnot. Like, uh, like, does this game like really excite you? Like, even even though we only know like it, we, this is only what Dev Diary number two. Like, I mean, everybody's like so hyped with this right now. Oh yeah, um, I feel like. Well, first I want to make a comment because I, I, I see all the Twitter reactions. And when this happened, it, it should have been good news. Everyone should be really hyped about this. But there's a lot of fake concern that, oh, where's the gameplay this? Not one second of gameplay that. Where I think everyone who actually knows Bethesda knows that they only show gameplay when it's like like day one gameplay. And they've for the big games, they've always showed their the, the first footage in like the, the, the big summer event, the year of the release. So I knew that. When I saw this, I didn't have any, I was happy to see whatever I saw. And with what I did see, like, it really feels like they're going back to like, like the golden days. Like we're talking like the Fallout 3s, like uh, the Skyrims, the Oblivions. That's the, basically the message that I got from this dev diary. And that just makes me so hyped. Anyone who thinks that this is going to be a repeat of Fallout 76. Oh, like, let's just say like people have been taking receipts and they're going to show those receipts on November 11, like this is not gonna be 76. They learned their lessons, they're going back to basics. They've said as much, because they're talking about things like a persuasion system, and which they did that in Oblivion. They're talking about the factions and how, uh, how, how nuanced the choices are, how it's not like just black and white, it's gonna be more like gray area, more tailored to you and what you want to get out of the world. Even like the idea of um, all four factions, like I love each faction. Like you got like the free the free colonies uh, faction. You got like the uh, what is it? Kind of like the equivalent of the UNSC essentially. You got like the corporation faction. You got the the space pirate faction. You could even like join them as like a double agent and you know turn them in kind of stuff. Like I like that. Like actual choice and consequence. Like this is classic golden age Bethesda, and it's yeah, it's really making me really really hyped for uh, the E3 season. Like, we're finally going to get that giant gameplay dump, and Todd's going to talk about it, and I'm just going to soak it all in. I We don't know. We, okay, we haven't seen it yet, but it just feels like it's going to be the next Skyrim and then some, because this is not this is like three generations. Wait, how many? Wait, Skyrim was 360. So it's like, yeah, two generations later, everything's improved upon. The engine's improved. They, used, they said they used photogrammetry. Like, Bethesda games, they, 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 they were great, but I wouldn't call them, like, graphically cutting edge. But this, like, photogrammetry, yes, yes, please. More of that, please. Yeah. So then you got the robot companion, you see that. So, like, it's it just, it's it's a slow buildup. It's a big tease. But I just feel like it's going to deliver. Like, everything just points to them being back to basics, back to what made them great. And they know that. And they've learned their lessons. And I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no and uh i really like your excitement about this game you're really looking forward to starfield aren't you sci-fi is my jam like oh <laughs> like so i can't wait okay i can't wait 
I mean, their first IP in what thirty years or something. <laughs> well, yeah, at least twenty, right? Or yeah, something yeah. IP, I should say. Something like that. Yeah, it's uh, one of their uh, well, their passion project at the moment. I know, well, Todd Howard's, anyways. Like the entire uh, team behind it just seems so enthused. Um, you know, I, I definitely get that energy from them that uh, you know they really cannot wait to share this game with the world. And uh, again, I'm I'm just um, I'm happy for them. Like I, after the whole debacle with Fallout seventy six and uh, going to Starfield, it just it just seems like night and day. Like just I don't know their approach, anyways. Um, but yeah, MLD, I, like, you know, the whole factions thing, like, from that Re Space Republic to, like, when they were describing them, like, the Western, the Space, like, Western Frontiers people, like, those guys sounded pretty cool, or the Mega Corporation, uh, faction. I think the one that I was interested in the most was the, uh, the Space Pirates, because, like, how they were de describing them, because they're supposed to be, like, the bad guys in the game, but you can still like kind of join them and hang out with them and so on but you can still be the good guy it's kind of interesting how they set it up i don't know i just i think it's a cool concept so yeah i think the real beauty is that i feel like it's gonna be where you won't be judged based on what you what you do i feel like every faction they'll have their own unique morals and reasons for why they do what they do so i feel like if they hit some kind of gray area where they 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 have their they do what they do, but at least they explain themselves, and you can kind of understand it. And I feel like no matter what you do, it won't you won't be judged as good or evil, like black and white. I feel like it'll just be a tailored experience. Like you just do what you want to do, and and I feel like yeah, the game the game will accept that, and they'll they'll roll with it. And that is the best kind of RPG, where you make your own stories essentially. So uh, that that was the feeling I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Centurion, I know you're a fan of RPGs. I mean, you're you're a fan of like all different kinds of genres, but I know that you're a sci-fi guy. I know that, uh, well, and a fantasy guy, obviously. You know, with uh, Elder Scrolls Online, but uh, again, like uh, with this Dev Diary, I know we haven't seen a whole lot, but I mean, there's some nice little tidbits there that sound, you know, really really cool. Uh, leading up to the full reveal of this title, I mean, does something like this Dev Diary get you excited for this RPG? Yes, definitely. Um, this Dev, it, it shows that they're going back a little bit to their roots, hopefully, from what we're seeing. Um, they're just, it's kind of like trying to describe the fundamental differences between Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. There was a lot more depth and and character building in Fallout 3 compared to Fallout 4. Um, the mechanics were very heavy, heavily casualized in Fallout 4. Um, and it was just um let's just say I always one of the best ever Fallout games ever was uh Fallout New Vegas. And depending on how you really, really played the game, I mean like you could have a very, very seriously persuasive character. I remember uh, that was one of the things you wanted to do in that game, uh, especially uh, to get into some of the factions and also just to get past certain points is you really had to put work into being able to just have a conversation with somebody. Otherwise, it would just go totally sideways and everybody would just shoot at you and you would never be able to get to points of the game. You know, if you just ran through that game running and gunning and everything, never talking to anybody, 
you would miss some very fundamental parts of uh, Fallout New Vegas. And that's where it's going to be interesting with uh, Starfield is just the dynamics between uh, the factions, the depth that we're going to get. Um, and you could literally put a, you know, like one faction over the other and not realize just by helping them, you're going to make other factions feel a certain way in the game. That's going to shape and, and influence how you're going to play the rest of the game. Um, there's definitely been a lot of people talking about, is this really going to be Skyrim in space? And one of the things is though, we don't, in my mind, I don't want an actual Skyrim clone. I don't want to feel like this is Skyrim in space. I want to feel like it's a Bethesda title that has been made by the same people that did Skyrim. And this is their take on sci-fi. And I really hope that they're going to put their own shine and polish on it. That definitely makes it unique from the other projects they've done. And I've got really high hopes that Starfield is going to be one hell of a blowout success this holiday season that's really going to make it official on why Microsoft has invested the money and time in the studio purchases that they have. All right. Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment there. Uh, yeah, man, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, Crusader, do you share uh, MLD and uh, Centurion sentiments with regards to, uh, again, this latest uh, Starfield dev diary? Uh, do you think it's uh, shaping up uh, looking pretty good? So I love um, dev diaries slash Vidox, whatever the studio happens to call them. Mm -hmm. Love it when Bungie does them. Love it when Bethesda does them. Love it when uh, uh, Ninja Theory does them. Uh, so, and Starfield is probably my most anticipated game of this year. Um, probably like third most anticipated game that's announced in general. So I'm very excited for how it's shaping up. I cannot wait for them to to show off um, like more about the game, like more like gameplay in general. Talk more about stuff. I like th this summer the whatever E3's conference is going to be cannot come soon enough. Um, I, I am so, so, so excited for it. Um, this one wasn't quite as interesting to me as the last one was when they talked about all the environments. Like, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, I like all the factions, but seeing all that concept art for all of the different locales was really cool. And so like, it's not like this was a letdown, it's just that like, if I had to choose between this Vidoc and the last one, it would be the last one. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. Like, Well, yeah, because with uh, the different concept art, you get to see what the actual environments, you know, what, you know, I mean, not everything may make it into the game, but you get to see like, oh, okay, this is going to look like this. This is what they're going for art-wise and design-wise. And it gives you a better uh, picture of it in your head. So I, I totally get that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of concept art myself. So I got quite a few books of uh, concept art, uh, various video game concept art. So I, I, I totally understand you on that. But, yeah, this I mean, the faction stuff looks pretty good. Um, I mean, really, we're only a couple of months away. Like, this is gonna be xbox's uh game for the year to uh to highlight so they're gonna go all out in uh june from the looks of it um let's see 
Oh yeah, and Eric, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to take a look at this uh, video documentary or dev diary, whatever you want to call it. Um, like, what are you? Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, do the factions sound cool? And does it get you uh, like a little more hyped for Starfield? Yeah, I would say the uh, the dev diary is pretty uh, pretty nice for them to add on. Yeah, it sucks that we haven't been able to see anything yet. <laughs> But that's kind of how Bethesda goes. Um, but yeah, definitely the the class part was kind of intriguing. At least we kind of get to see what we're going to be uh, uh, playing as and what we'll be able to choose. And as far as our uh, journey, so that part would seem pretty cool. But yep, just probably a couple months away before we get to see what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, again, it's just like a small dev diary. But look, again, it looks cool, guys, and it got me pretty excited. And I know a lot of other people are like, oh, you know, like, this is familiar, but at the same time, they're introducing new elements. Just, again, how the companions work. They, they're looking more real. They introduced officially their first companion, for example. And I kind of like the way they're going about it. Like, the, com the companion will... You know, just talk about things that they never really did before and uh, so on. I just, again, I find all that stuff very interesting, just AI interaction. So hopefully it's a step above from, again, Fallout 4. Though I'll admit I really enjoyed Fallout 4. And which reminds me, I still need to get through all the DLC for that. Ooh, that's going to take some time. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good dev diary. I'm looking forward to the next few. All right, guys, uh, why don't we move on to our fourth and final topic tonight? And earlier this week, we got some more details about, well, what's been going on at the initiative? I mean, we had talked about this uh, last Sunday, well, at least one aspect with Daryl Gallagher. Uh, but now different media outlets, they're making comments about, uh, I mean, former devs, they're speaking to media outlets about, like, feeling frustrated with the management, with development being uh, painfully slow, apparently. Uh, interesting language to use. Um, Centurion, I'll hit you up here first on this one. Uh, again, we spoke a bit about aspects of this on our last show, but more information is slipping out about, well, the development conditions at the initiative and uh, their new title. Like, what do you think about this? Like, should we be worried about Perfect Dark now or, like, the initiative in general? Like, what, what's your take on this? Can I be blunt? Uh, possibly, um, but not too blunt. You know, we have to uh, censor this for the the children listening in. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so I got to use, like, three or four less F words? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, go for it, man. Whatever. Uh, no, I'm not going to. No, it's... um. It's a very interesting um, take, um, for sure. Is it raise any flags for Perfect Dark? No. Obviously, with Microsoft's past, yes, you could sit there and say, you know, but Microsoft this, but, but Microsoft that. Yeah, they've had their stumblings and missteps over the years when it comes to holding studios accountable and making sure that they get work done. Um. But the initiative thing, 
Ah, oh, man, it almost goes down to what was originally I heard a lot of people say when we heard about all these big names being hired over at the initiative. You know, we got God of War developers. We got developers from this game and that game. It almost started becoming a sense of I believe the, the it's said is like, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen ruin the soup kind of thing. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of developers out there that really deserve the pedigree behind their name. They are very talented. Um, maybe they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into or what they signed up for. Um, but it was very interesting to hear them talk about how that the way that they envisioned the, the initiative being ran is that it would be ran from um, basically the, the from the bottom up that the developers would have a lot more creative influence and say so and that the, the directors would just go along with what they're suggesting when they did not know that daryl gallagher does not manage like this daryl gallagher comes from studios where they manage from the top down the developers like i hate to say it bluntly are supposed to just do as they're told and that's where it's very interesting that you know when you have a job, I just really don't agree with that, how you can say that decisions need to be made from the bottom up. You know, there's times my own boss and my own employment makes decisions I don't agree with. Um, I can try to say my opinion, but if my opinion's not listened to, um, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say that my boss doesn't know what he's doing or that I don't, uh, you know, or that the business is not doing well because it wasn't done the way that I wanted it to be done. It was just like, you know, if you can't handle the job you were hired for and the way it's supposed to be done based on their standards, you know, you're going to see a lot of developers right now coming and going from a lot of positions because right now the gaming market is very hot. Developers are in high demand, especially those that have really good pedigree and resumes behind them. Um, I just really feel that the situation over at the initiative is a very complicated one of a bunch of developers wanted to be able to come in and dictate how a game was going to be built. Daryl Gallagher did not probably agree with this. And Microsoft flipped the bill to hire Crystal Dynamics to basically come in and work for Daryl Gallagher. And if anybody felt that they did that they did not want to fill the position that they were hired for is moving on to bigger and better things. Yes, it sounds like a bunch of drama, but it also sounds like uh, Microsoft did what they had to do to make sure that game that this game got back on schedule and that was include hiring support from another studio that Daryl Gallagher is very familiar with and has worked with in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, very good uh, summary of the situation and uh, interesting thoughts there since you're in uh it's you highlighted uh quite a few things there um like obviously Daryl Gallagher, you know, being the studio head, you know, taking the reins of uh, the studio, um, you know, it it's possible that you know again that you know this game went through again different phases. They might have had like one concept then switched to another, and you know, I can understand certain devs being frustrated, you know, with uh, certain development times. Again, game development isn't uh, you know not the easiest thing at times. Uh, you know, we've all heard the stories. Um, let's see here. Crusader, I mean, you were here last week. Uh, you know, we were just talking about this with, uh, you know, uh, the TXR crew about, uh, you know, Daryl Gallagher and whatnot. And now, again, we had this uh, news pop up 
uh, earlier this week on, uh, well, the day after pretty much. Um, like, do you have any thoughts on the matter? Like how, again, like the, the initiative is structured, you know, what the uh, various old devs are saying. Uh, what's your insight? So I feel like there was always going to be a large amount of outsourcing going on. But it does seem like Crystal Dynamics is going to be taking more of a larger role than they originally were probably going to, or like any studio that they were going to um, to partner with, because maybe Crystal Dynamics wasn't like the first choice for some kind of partnership like this. Um, that being said, I'm a little bit more concerned than I was last week, but only a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. My my only thing is that I'm a little concerned as to when it's going to come out, but it on the radar of games that are coming out, like I'm interested in this, and I want to see gameplay of it because I think it sounds really neat. I am more of an RPG guy, so there are plenty of other games that Microsoft's going to be putting out that I'm more interested in. So it not having like as soon of a release isn't as big a deal for me as it is other people. So, like, my concern levels are, like, if green is good, yellow is moderate, and then, like, red is bad, I'm in, like, the in-between of yellow and green right now. You know, not mm-hmm. not, not too concerned. Mm-hmm. No, and that's a fair assumption. I mean, we haven't even seen any gameplay for this title. I mean, I will say that, I mean... You know, previously we had heard mostly like positive things like uh, coming like out of the studio. Again, they were doing uh, hiring like top talent in the industry and things were sounding like they were coming along all right. Obviously, they had that trailer back in what at the Game Awards in 2020. And everyone was like, oh, you know, that looks really cool. It was a CGI trailer, though, but uh, you know, we it's what it's 2022 now like uh you know it's been uh, a year and a bit since then and you know we're curious about information we want to see some gameplay and it just feels like you know i had estimated this game being i don't know maybe a a 20 you know late 2023 game maybe 2024 like i kind of want to push it back now with my expectations i kind of see avowed coming in before that maybe hellblade 2 uh you know just seeing where the various xbox game studios uh, titles line up but i mean i'm not too concerned it's just at the same time like it does again it just it does raise a, a couple of eyebrows as to oh there are you know they were already having issues to begin with so but that could just be also, you know, the fact that this is a brand new studio. It's not, it's not established by any means, and you know, there's gonna be some, uh, some rough patches every now and then, right? So, again, it's a journey, you could say. I think Daryl Gallagher even talked about that too. He put out a statement about it. So, I mean, hopefully they're they're able to, like, again, get through whatever uh, development issues there are um mld buddy i mean again we were talking about this last week i i know you weren't here but i would love to hear your thoughts on this whole like uh, initiative perfect dark situation like do you think this is a big deal at all or you know it just kind of like comes and goes with like game development well it's i'm certainly not gonna just brush it under the under the rug kind of thing and pretend it's no big deal because in the end these are senior management leaving at a higher than normal rate 
So I'm not going to pretend that that's, that's nothing huge, but I'm not worried about the game because because if uh, Crystal Dynamics wasn't on board, then, yeah, I, of course I'd be worried. The, the, the initiative is a very small team as it is. They're brand yeah. new. They're, they're unproven. But you have an entire studio that is helping you. So the game's going to be fine. Like, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the Tomb Raider uh, reboot trilogy, and I feel like this game's in good hands. And if the main core team at the initiative laid out the groundwork, all Crystal Dynamics has to do is just act on it. So it's just a matter of, uh, well, so in the end, we, the gamers, are still going to benefit. It's, I think it's just an unfortunate thing where it's a clash of ideals. You, so you, you wanted some to be, uh, they wanted to be autonomous. Others wanted the, the grunt work to be outsourced to get the, to keep the game moving along. In the end, I think they made the right choice because I don't want to wait four or five years to play this game. I want like a time-tested studio to actually, you know, like actually enact the vision that the core team laid out. So in the end, this is good for us. It's just bad for uh, for them because they're trying to still sort out sort out their own culture. They want to you know get their identity worked out, and there's some growing pains there, and it's obvious with that. But overall, though, um, I mean, it is what it is. So it's just one side simply won out over the other, and I think it's just a double-edged sword of Xbox and how they handle their studios. They are choosing to do a hands-off approach. Like they learned with uh, Lionhead Studios, if they were too overbearing, in the end, the games suffer. They're not what the fans want. It's what the executives want. And they don't want to do that anymore. They leave the devs alone to their own devices. And the double, the, the good part about that is that if left alone, the creativity is flowing and we get a game that's that what we want. The downside is that the team could lead to possible internal mismanagement. And we've I think we've seen that with maybe, say, 343. So sometimes you kind of need the the big guys to kind of look over your shoulder and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, like what, what's the progress here? So I think leaving them alone, yeah, again, it, it, there's pros and cons. But in the end, getting Crystal Dynamics, a veteran studio, it's going to be a win for us. We don't have to wait as long. And it will be a good game in the end going by the Tomb Raider trilogy. So that, that, that's my stance. Overall, it's bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah, like if if they were just uh, still on their own, then my eyebrows would be raised a, a lot more. But since they already took, you know, not not a pun per se, but the initiative to uh, get a uh, a highly touted studio like Crystal Dynamics, um, you know, Daryl Gallagher, uh, you know, got his old team and whatnot, his old studio to work on it. Uh, obviously, Xbox, uh, you know had to uh you know they were quite involved in that i would imagine so um i i do have faith that again crystal dynamics is involved there like you said they they uh, did a pretty good job on uh reviving tomb raider and i think that there's there's a lot of good there but uh again we gotta wait and see we still haven't seen any gameplay but i mean i'm not too concerned as of right now um eric buddy i again i know we talked about this last week but again these new details did pop up um do you agree with what uh the other panel members are saying tonight or uh, you know do you have anything else to add to this uh like are you concerned about anything going on the the uh the initiative like what some of these former devs are saying or you know are you just kind of like well you know this is just part of the course for game development 
Um, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, it's definitely par for the course. You you had a bunch of people leave, you know, Naughty Dog when they, The Last of Us 2 was under development. Um, you know, God of War went through its own growing pains, um, you know, trying to figure out, like, how to bring that, you know, series back or, you know, how to, like, evolve it. Um, and they definitely, you know, had some rough times. Um but I mean, the one thing that we know is, and and Daryl's been. If you look at his resume, it's hard to find anybody with that much established, you know, of what he's gone through of like being the head of pretty much all the studios through. Looks like most of the like Deus Ex games, the the reboots, or at least the first two, um, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, Tomb Raider games. Uh, Crystal Dynamics, and you look at, you can go on LinkedIn and look at all the people that are verified because you can see their history where they worked and their uh, like comments about him of like how great of a leader he is. So people are trying to say like, oh, this is like you know Microsoft mismanaging um, thing that they can compare one studio to another, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> um, but it's it, I think it was more because Jez was talking about uh, Jez Corden from Windows Central was talking about it um, that it you know that one part of the group because they said it from the get go because people were thinking like it was a big shock with the whole Crystal Dynamics thing and he even let you know in this past article like this was kind of like the idea from the get go which kind of fits with the small staying small and agile that they said back in 2019. Because you're like, why would they stay want to stay small if they're supposed to be, you know, I know that hiring uh, the flyer or whatever went out saying AAA or uh, quadruple A. Um, but I'm like, well, how are you going to get the AAA, let alone a quadruple A studio with, you know, 70 people? Like they weren't massively hiring, which they needed to do if they were going to build it themselves. Um, so it was the plan all along. Um but I, apparently, from what people have been saying, because I think he actually talked to some of the staff that are there, um, that's like the game's in a good place. The like some of the people that left, you know, because we heard those early rumors of like, hey, uh, Perfect Dark's gonna be might be episodic, or and I think that's probably where, you know, some of those rumors went along, of like, hey, one group wants to do this way get it out, stay small and get it out quicker, do it ourselves, not bring in, you know, another team and we can get out. Okay. Maybe, you know, get out this episodic content, kind of like a Hitman style. And, you know, Daryl, cause they did say that, you know, it was kind of a top down mentality and it was as collaborative, I guess, as they wanted it to be. And Daryl has a vision and he's executed that vision before successfully um so and he's a veteran just look at like in, and look at his management of what he you know he's had under his belt so like his resume speaks for itself um and he was you know wanted to go with his vision that he sold you know because that's one thing that phil asked him in the interview of you know hey you know what do you think about bringing back perfect dark and then he gave him his vision and he hired him and, you know, the rest was history. But I, I think that's, um, 
I think with the crystal dynamics, um, I think that may have been his, like he said, his, uh, you know, strategy from the get go. Maybe, maybe they hadn't already picked out who it was going to be. And maybe that just lined up because crystal dynamics came off of, uh, um, Marvel Avengers and didn't have much to do after that kind of didn't go where, you know, go where they wanted it to. Um, so, I mean, in, in, from what, um, is being reported that the game is in a good state. So it actually might be further along than what we think it would be. Um, cause they announced that like, what was it late? Was it the year before? I feel like it, they recently said that, but <laughs> from, I think it just time has flown by since when they made that announcement with uh, crystal dynamics. Um, but I think it's definitely further along than what we expected to be. Definitely further along than what it would have been had all that staff stayed there and they just stayed small and did it themselves. Because it seems like that's what some people were upset about and that's why some of them left when they, you know, knew that they weren't going to get their way and we're going to, hey, we're going to co-develop this game with another studio and people wanted to probably just be this small, you know, group and not have this, you know, other big studio come in and and i get that with like i've definitely been in part of companies where you know you have one company start merging with another one and then and they might be thinking of like job security as well and i'm sure that probably didn't feel great and there was probably just some tension so um but the staff that you know wanted to um you know go with this idea they stayed around they're still high highly talented quality people of some some of the same quality people that we were talking about before when this studio started you know they're still there so some people left and some of them may have left not because of this like we talked about with drew murray we don't know he said he did it for personal reasons and he happened to lose a close family member so he may have like he was probably the biggest profile one that left and that may have not even been because of you know, he was disagreeing with where this company was going. <laughs> mm-hmm. So well, no, I never really got that from him. You know, it was just more personal kind of things from the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, but that's probably yeah. one of the top ones where people are like, oh yeah, Drew left and went back to Insomniac because you know, like he and like Daryl Gallagher had a falling. Like no one, that's what like it's being kind of labeled as of like they're just mismanaging. Dar- I'm even seeing people tweet like, uh, if this is true, Daryl needs to go. I'm like, are you? Daryl needs to go. Then you might as well just cancel the whole freaking game. <laughs> yeah, let's let Daryl go, and he has a you know a great rapport with Crystal Dynamics, knows how they run. Yeah, let's get rid of him and just yeah bring it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, because if he hits, then don't ever like speak ill on his name again. <laughs> if this game comes out and it hits and it's a great game, then obviously what he did was the right decision. Now it has to hit, it has to land, because <laughs> if it doesn't, then yeah, they're going to be coming from coming for him. But I'd give him the benefit of the doubt because, you know, again, look at his resume and it speaks for itself of like what he's been able to do. So mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, let's see how it plays out. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the whole doom and gloom of like, oh my god, because the Halo had some rough, rough patches. Halo is just like a mess because they don't just they don't know what the community wants. The community doesn't know what they want, and yep. and they're trying to fight and compete with all these free to play games. So yeah, them going to free to play and then they had to like 
you know, make up some money somewhere else. And some people aren't liking that part of it and they do need to add more content to it. But well, I, th- I do think it's fair to say you know. that three, four, three has, uh, had issue. Well, struggled a little bit with regards to the live service aspect of adding content. Uh, Again, like, you know, there's been issues, you know, uh, there's been worldwide issues, to say the least. And I do think understanding needs to uh, be made there. I don't think you can just take the Halo, Mm -hmm. like the 343, something they've been, like, trying to work with and, like, you know, battle with. And because that studio has been around with, you know, in the Don Matrick days. So I don't think you can take that one for one and take this brand new studio that they take somebody that, you know, was completely outside of Microsoft, you know, with Daryl Gallagher and say like, okay, this is being mismanaged again. Cause of, cause you, you saw great games that are being managed well with Microsoft too. So I don't know. It just like, you're already seeing Psychonauts made better from what it would have been with that Kickstarter game. And it came out and it was great. And you have all these other games like Hellblade too. Like it looks phenomenal. With the you know with the visuals and you know if they say that it's actual gameplay and they're not lying to us, like holy shit! So mm-hmm. you don't hear any of that mismanagement and all these um, plenty of their probably the overwhelming majority of their studios of people like oh they got a mismanagement problem like no it's a new studio trying to find itself. There's gonna be some growing pains. They haven't put out a game yet like because <laughs> mm-hmm. mostly first brand new studios. Don't start with a triple A game. They start with like a small, like, you know, smaller, you know, double A titles and then they build themselves up. Uh, kind of like we saw with Housemark, where they've gotten closer to like triple A with Returnal. Like they don't just come out of the gate, hey, we need you to bring out a triple A game that's going to be, you know, perfect. You're bringing, you're going to reboot Perfect Dark for us. You're a brand new studio that's never done anything. <laughs> So it's it's not like the easiest thing to do. So mm-hmm. no, I, and I I totally hear you on that, Shockley. And I think Jesse in the chat makes some good points too with the initiative. You know, the initiative again, they build the framework around a particular title, and then they they give it to another developer to uh, finish off. Uh, you know, Crystal Dynamics coming off of uh, well, you know that. Avengers title, obviously, uh, you know, they're free to work on uh, this title. So, and I think their talents will be put to better use than what they did with uh, Marvel's Avengers. Um, But honestly, like, you know, I'd be more worried, and I think you said it too, Shock, if uh, Daryl Gallagher was the one leaving. It's, well, pretty much his vision. He's the head of the studio. I'd be worried if there was stuff like that. I'd be like, oh, dang, you know, what, what the hell is going on here? But, uh, no, I mean, again, people come and go, like, even some high-profile ones in, you know, certain positions. If the head of the studio leaves, that's one, th- you know, that's uh, another thing entirely. But uh, so far, like, I'm I'm not too too worried at the moment. Uh, but, again, I am curious. I want to see some gameplay. Uh, I loved uh, Perfect Dark back in the day, and I want to see what they're doing with this title. You know, the trailer I thought was pretty cool, and... Uh, you know, I want to see some mechanics. I want to see some environments. Again, I'm just I'm just really excited to see what the initiative is doing. Uh, anybody else on the panel have anything else to add on this topic before we end off? Yes, no? All right, all right. I, I uh, think that we will start to end things off here, fellas. Uh, 
fun show and lots of good thoughts and interesting takes from everyone on the panel. All around good time, I gotta say. And to everyone who tuned in live, it was great to have you here. Again, whether it be watching or just, you know, participating in the chat, it's always great to see you here. And if you enjoyed tonight's offerings, then please drop a like, share this show out across social media, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Also, hit the bell for notifications because, hey, you know what, YouTube can uh, be a pain in the butt sometimes with that. So get notified when we go live. Now, over to the outros, and I'll start with our delightful guest, Crusader. Buddy, thanks for coming on again. You know, you're slowly becoming a regular on this fixture, to say the least. Uh, where can everybody find you at? You can find me at Crusader3456 on Twitter, uh, where I talk everything games. You can also find me on Reddit at u slash crusader3456, where I am very active on r slash gaming leaks and rumors, uh, moderator and uh, megathread uh, creator for uh, different publishers, and uh, active on the Destiny subreddit with a lot of uh, feedback posts. All right. Good stuff there, guys. Definitely follow him on uh, Reddit. Get his information down. Uh, lots of insightful thoughts. Uh, he makes some really interesting uh, Twitter threads on uh, various gaming subjects. Uh, I highly suggest giving him a follow. Uh, moving over to the regulars, and I'll start off with the um, our good pal here, Centurion. Buddy, good show. Some really interesting takes. Uh, where can uh, these fine people follow you at? Did you throw up in your mouth a little bit trying to call me your good friend? My good friend? I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you prefer uh, pal? Do you prefer uh, buddy? Like, you know, what, what would you Oh, like? you, hum you, like? you, hum you humble me. I'm used to much much harsher words being thrown my direction. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, we can go harsh, you know, whatever you like. <laughs> Nah, for those who do want to definitely uh, check out me, my content, the way I am, uh, please find me on Twitter, YouTube, and of course Xbox Live at Centurion1307. And you can also find me right here with this great group of gentlemen every Sunday night right here on the TXR podcast. All right, good stuff there, Buckaroo. <laughs> oh god okay yeah please you can call me a-hole but the buckaroo oh my god <laughs> all right all right don't worry I, I, i'm totally just kidding there obviously um i'm not that lame uh moving over to eric shockley buddy again loved the the talk tonight uh, i thought you made some great points uh where can everybody follow you at yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on uh, Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show. Thanks for Crusader. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Crusaders uh, stopping by. Uh, but yeah, uh, just excited to uh, hopefully uh, finish some more of this tunic. And then, man, I'm just. Does anybody have an idea when that? Uh, I know I've mentioned before, but, uh, Plague's Tale. <laughs> like, I, I know we've seen like. The trailers in the past. You see, uh, summer. summer. Yeah. Summer. Okay. Yeah. So I was if just I had thinking to guess fall. <laughs> uh, Okay. Just... Yeah. Hopefully it didn't get delayed like everything else. But yeah, um, good show tonight. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I, I heard summer as well. Um, yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe uh, we'll get a release date uh, from one of Xbox's shows. Maybe it's possible. Uh, I don't know. Do, do they have the marketing rights to uh, the new Plague's Tale? 
Uh, I think so. It's in Game Pass Day One, so they should. I think they have shared rights, hmm. so like, oh, yeah. they can the the company can put it wherever they want. But if Microsoft wants it for a showcase, Microsoft's gonna get it for the showcase. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we'll find out more pretty soon, I think. And uh, let's see, General MLD, buddy. Hey, great stuff tonight. Uh, love the energy. Love the enthusiasm, especially with Starfield. <laughs> um, where can everybody follow you at? All right, great show. Uh, mostly active on Twitter at at MLD Ghost. Gamer tag is Ghost MLD. And uh, looking forward to next week. To anybody who's uh, into Halo, the Halo TV show actually airs on Thursday. Thursday, I believe. So looking forward to that. Whatever may come, I guess we'll find out. So I'm sure we'll talk about that next week too. Yeah, I've been saving that one. Uh, just you know, when the show went live, at least the first couple of episodes. So uh, I have a feeling we'll be discussing it next week, unless uh, some earth-shattering news pops up. Otherwise, <laughs> all right. And uh, to round out the crew, uh, you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I'm also on Mines, Odyssey, and a bunch more. Just uh, look up the same name, Invader Gaming. And, of course, I'm on Twitter. You guys can follow me at Invader underscore 1986. Really great chat tonight and an even greater bunch of viewers. And, uh, yeah, I hope to see you all here next Sunday. Later, everyone.